0: You're listening to a podcast of Your Pet Matters with me, Dr. Michael Tekiwa, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077thebronc.com.
1: Sit down, grab a blanket, and snuggle up with your furry family because it's time for Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, where Dr. Michael Takiwa will discuss everything you need to know to keep your fuzzy friends happy, healthy, and safe. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Here he is now, only on 1077 The Brunk.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tikiwa. And on today's show, let's talk about COVID. COVID COVID-19. Now, we're probably in our third week of isolation at this point, when this is being aired. And... I just wanted to go through the process of what's happening in the veterinary profession. Um, First and foremost, big shout out to all the healthcare providers and their support team for giving their all, putting their lives on the line to help with this pandemic. At this point in time, I think things are going to start to peak and get better. Um, Statistically, because there is no vaccine, There probably will be a second area or time where we're going to have to go into isolation mode. Um, We're just using China as our model right now. And it's still unknown as to how readily this virus is spreading. So please continue to do your self-isolation, wear a mask at all times. Right now in our state, it's recommended or mandatory to wear a mask in public settings. Limit your exposure stand at least six feet apart. For those of you not in the US, two
1: meters.
0: (laughs) And we'll just get through this together. So let's start about talking about how the process actually works for the veterinary world. So we've, for the most part, have gone to what we call curbside care or virtual care. So let's talk about the first, curbside care. So the way it works is if your pet needs to be seen at your veterinarian, you call ahead. They will go through the process of what curbside care is, which basically means you do not leave your vehicle, you do not enter the building. A person will come out um, and will be garbed in protective wear from a gown, a mask, gloves, possibly a face shield at this point. The history for what is going on will probably take care, take place over the phone. So when you arrive at the practice, you will phone and say, "Hey, I'm here," and you'll get a history over the phone. A team member will come out and get your pet, which will go inside, and we'll do a physical exam. And keep in mind that we're actually wearing the same protective gear gear inside. Um, a combination of what is needed to protect ourselves from the unknowns and honestly to protect ourselves from each other Um, you know we go home and we have lives outside of here and um, hopefully there is no potential exposure but we're protecting ourselves so your pet will get a physical exam recommendations diagnostic tests and treatment will be performed Um, a discussion will take place over the phone and then payment is done via credit card over the phone as well, and then your pet is returned to your vehicle to you. There are some cases for, unfortunately, if we're talking end of life, many times veterinary hospitals will either say, I'm sorry, you can't come in, or yes, you can come in on the basis that you are gowned, gloved, and masked in the process and and limiting the number of individuals coming into the building. The other form is virtual um, care. Right now you can create a um, meeting, a lot of veterinary practices are using Zoom. It's a video software um, conferencing modality used where you could have a discussion with a veterinarian and go over signs and symptoms. Um, At that point in time, I think you're looking at two things, you're looking at either the pet needs to come in physically to be seen or, for example, a recheck exam or something else, then maybe a discussion over the Zoom will suffice. Um, and then there is charges made over credit card um, again and either prior to or after. And then that case is closed. Everything is recorded, so then it becomes part of the pet's record. So everything's in there. But but that's how we're dealing with um, COVID right now. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things that needs to be, be done, um, unfortunately. Um, one thing I will point out, and this is a scenario that I think many vets are facing, is a, a lot of people just don't want to come in. Um, it's very difficult, even before COVID, when telehealth is done, is to actually do a diagnosis on a pet, or if there is something wrong that you can't just discuss um, over a audio or video signal, um, it's really best to bring your pet in. I had a little situation at the clinic where a pet hadn't been seen for 18 months. Um, And typically what you need to do is you need to do a physical exam once a year to continue what is called a doctor-patient relationship. In which case, then he can prescribe medications and the client wanted medications prescribed. Um, Unfortunately, we can't do that because we don't know the condition of your pet and heaven help us if we do prescribe something and it's going to lead to a negative reaction based on the current medical status of your pet. So I know it's tough, um, especially if you are COVID positive or been diagnosed with COVID. Um, I think that in those cases, the discussions are, is there someone else in the household who could? bring your pet in is there you know another way of doing something um but that's the way it works um one thing i didn't touch on was that that was a day practice approach the emergency centers are slightly different where when you arrive because they don't really have a history of your pet there's an individual's outside gowned garbed who will then take the history and bring your pet inside um for care and those are, those are difficult scenarios, um, but they, and kudos to them, they're open 24 hours a day. Many of us uh, day practitioners have actually limited our hours. We want to decrease our exposure um, and, you know, normal health care may or may not be happening um, in day practices. And it's really those difficult cases, those emergent cases, um, those needed surgeries or treatments are the ones that are happening in the referral centers. And so, um, you know, they don't—they may not have a history that you have with your pet. So that's something definitely to think about there. Um, so that's the COVID scenario in the vet world. And things will change as time goes on. Um, and there are some practices that aren't actually closing. Um, so it's a difficult time for everyone. And and. One thing that I need to point out is that although we provide medical care to your pets, a veterinary hospital is a small business and they are facing the same small business issues that every small business faces. We are fortunate now that we are not all closed. Um, There are some small businesses that are are actually closed. There are some small businesses that might actually be doing very well. So um, in a time like this, we are looking at ways of how can we get to the point of providing care for your pet without exposing risks to either you or us. That is an interesting thing. And that's something that we're all working out right now um, to figure out which is best and how we can get through this. Let's take a short break. You're listening to Your Pet Matters right here on 1077, 1077 The 1077,
1: thebronc.com. back with your pet matters with dr T of progressive veterinary care discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy healthy and safe only on 1077 the Brunk.
0: welcome back and if you're just joining us this is your pet matters i'm and i'm your host michael dr t Tikiwa. um i wanted to talk about all the stuff that you know it's this show is kind of dedicated to covid um 19 and everything that is what we're dealing with it's it's really of you know all the all the issues that small businesses like mine um and health and everything um to date so the date uh this is airing we know that um covid has been found positive in a couple dogs and a couple cats um the most recent would be the bronx zoo tigers Uh, The lions and tigers were exhibiting some upper respiratory signs and they swabbed and found them. Um, What we don't know, and the current understanding is that there is no evidence that a COVID positive dog and no evidence that a COVID positive cat or feline can spread that to us. The incident at the zoo, it was determined that a worker who was infected actually gave it to the cats. Think about this, though, is that how close are you going to get to a tiger? I don't care if you work at a zoo or not. But this worker who showed the signs of COVID um, gave it to the cats. All the cats are expected to have a normal recovery. There were mild upper respiratory signs. Um, So the way we're looking at it in this world veterinary world mind you let me let me backtrack the dog the positive dog was a infected individual in china had an older dog i think 16 or 17 that the nasal samples um presented positive for covid they were put in isolation they were tested again in a few days they were tested positive and that dog subsequently passed away but if You have a geriatric dog that you throw in isolation for three months. Um, It's not necessarily due to the COVID. There's no indication that this dog died due to an upper respiratory infection. This dog did not show signs of upper respiratory infection. So getting back to how are we dealing with this as veterinarians? The way we're dealing with this as veterinarians is if you are COVID positive, stay away from your cat. you know, limit your exposure, wear a mask. And that applies to anyone else in the household, two-legged or four-legged. You know, you don't want to spread that to your pets. Um, The recommendation for pets in general, and this applies mostly to dogs because we do walk our dogs. I still walk my dogs outside. Is that practice the same social isolation, social separation that you would do with humans with your pets. Right now, there's no indication that the fur or anything's going to carry the pep, um, carry the virus. But what we're doing in the practice is we're wiping down leashes, we're wiping down fur, we're, we're wearing gloves and masks and everything when we do physical exams. So you really want to limit what you're doing with that. So the best approach is to do the proactive approach where you don't want to, you know put your hands on and breathe into your pet and everything like that Um, if you don't have the signs and symptoms go for it everything's great that way but that's how we stand so if there's any fear that you know your cat's going to give you covid it's usually the other way around um, and there's no indication that these pets are getting into serious trouble having said all that things change on a basis we don't know if the virus mutates we don't know what's going to happen Um, we don't know what's happening in our world in the human world so Just play it safe that way. And, um, you know, if you have questions, definitely call your veterinarian. They'll be more than happy to talk to you about everything that way. Um, If your pet exhibits upper respiratory infection signs, and by that I mean they're sneezing, they're coughing, um, in worse cases, their appetite goes down, there is nasal discharge, it goes from clear to mucousy those are most likely a typical upper respiratory infection Um, in many of those cases we do want to see your pet we do want to talk to you about what the options are for that there is a bad influenza virus that dogs can get and it can be fatal in dogs that aren't treated so you definitely want to at the very least talk to your veterinarian second case is do a curbside appointment with your veterinarian um, but if your pet is really showing signs of lethargy, fever, decreased appetite, hacking away, those are signs that you know you want to get your your pet looked at. Other signs of coughing, sneezing, difficulty breathing can range from asthma, in heart disease, you could have difficulty breathing and coughing. Um, those are other typical signs that can lead to issues. In all those types of cases, you do want your pet looked at. You do want your pet looked at by a veterinarian. So so call your veterinarian, make that appointment. Um, If you're hesitant to bring your pet in, um, ask to have a virtual consult with your veterinarian. Um, I talked about this the last segment. In cases like that, it may be something that they can talk you through things, but they may say, listen, I don't have enough information. or Your pet sounds really bad that we definitely need to be seen. Okay, so that's what I wanted to talk about, um, the COVID situation here in the vet world. Stay tuned. Keep that dial tuned, the 107.7 on your FM, or keep listening. Um, if you want to listen to us via the internet, um, there is two apps that you can download Namely, WRRC1 and WRRC2 available on iOS and Android devices. We also archive these stories um, at 1077 thebronccom You can listen to audio archives. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. Discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 1077 The Brunk.
2: Every weekend, you'll find a project to get involved with. And sometimes, it'll include your scaly or furry partner in crime. From Your Pet Matters with Dr. T, it's time for Producers Pet Project. Your go-to for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and overall helpful tips and tricks to keep your best friend happy and healthy. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care.
3: Good morning, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this week's Encore presentation of Your Pet Matters. This is your producer, Danny Romanowski giving you another edition of the Producers Pet Project. On today's episode, I will be covering two very different topics, the first being different foods that may be harmful to your pet, and the second being some basics of pet therapy. An article found on freshpet.com in the blog section talks about different human foods that you might or might not know were harmful to your pets. This article is linked to our Facebook page, where you can read along as I hit some highlights if you'd like. There are countless human foods that are not only tasty, but actually good for your pet when mixed in with their regular food. The six on this list, however, are ones to be avoided. The first is chocolate. Chocolate is probably one of the most well-known human foods that is unsafe for pets. Chocolate contains a compound which humans easily metabolize but pets process much more slowly since it is processed so slowly it allows the toxic levels to build up in their body until it becomes dangerous unlike many other foods on this list the size of the pet plays a role on the impact that chocolate can have on your pet for example a large dog can consume much more chocolate than a smaller dog could before showing symptoms When consumed in small quantities, chocolate will likely only give your pet an upset stomach with vomiting or diarrhea. However, in larger quantities, it can lead to muscle tremors, seizures, an irregular heartbeat, internal bleeding, or a heart attack. Next on the list is avocados. Avocados contain a fungicidal toxin, toxic, called persin. Humans are able to ingest it in low concentrations, but unfortunately pets are not. While dogs are more resistant to it than other animals, it can still cause vomiting and diarrhea or in serious cases, death. Plus, the pit of the avocado is a serious choking hazard and can cause stomach or intestinal obstruction if it's ingested. Next is xylito. You may never heard of it before, but you'd be surprised of how many common foods it is found in. It is often found as a sugar substitute, so it's found in a large range of baked food, some types of peanut butter, candy, and gum. When consumed by your pet, it is quickly absorbed into the bloodstream, causing the pancreas to release an increased amount of insulin, which causes a rapid decrease in the level of blood sugar and possible liver failure. The symptoms can appear quickly within 15 to 20 minutes and can include weakness, staggering, and vomiting, and in serious cases, loss of consciousness. The next on the list is grapes and raisins. The dangers of grapes and raisins for pets may be well documented, but the exact toxin that causes the reaction is still unknown. If ingested, this unknown toxin causes severe kidney damage, leading to sudden Kidney failure. In addition to kidney issues, other notable symptoms include vomiting, diarrhea, loss of appetite, tremors, seizures, or loss of consciousness. Last on the list is macadamia nuts. While macadamia nuts may not be a staple of your pantry, they're also found in a number of baked goods like cakes, cookies, and muffins as well as, as, well as trail mix. Like grapes and raisins, the nuts exact toxin is unknown. If consumed, the most common sign is weakness of the legs, especially the back ones, as well as diarrhea, vomiting, tremors, and fever. The symptoms may vary between pets, so the same amount of macadamia nut could result in the displaying of drastically different symptoms. If you suspect that your pet has eaten anything on this list, please contact your veterinarian immediately. If they're not available, please contact the 24-hour emergency clinic or... The pet poison helpline for advice you can reach the pet poison helpline at 855-213-6680 now we will move on to pet therapy you might be asking yourself what is pet therapy do i need a service animal are those the same thing today i can help you answer one of those questions pet therapy as healthline.com would define it is a guided interaction between a person and a trained animal Pet therapy is also referred to Animal Assisted Therapy or AAT. AAT can be fused with AAA or Animal Assisted Activities, but there are differences. Pet therapy or AAT is formal and has structured sessions that help people reach goals in their treatment process. AAA is more casual and the animal is used for comfort or recreation. The purpose of pet therapy is to help someone cope with a mental disorder or recover from a health issue. Now I will dive deeper into the benefits of pet therapy. Because pet therapy builds on pre-existing bonds between a human and a pet, many physical and mental issues can be helped with interacting with pets. There are many benefits to pet therapy like reducing blood pressure, alleviating pain, releasing endorphins, reducing stress and improving one's psychological state. For mental health patients, benefits can include lessening of depression, an improvement of one's outlook on life, decreasing a feeling of loneliness or isolation because of their new companion, reducing boredom, and reducing anxiety. So if you're still wondering if pet therapy is something for you, considering the following questions. If you answer yes to one of them, then maybe it could be your option. Are you a cancer patient or survivor? Are you a veteran with PTSD, someone with a mental disorder, a patient soon to be going into surgery, or a patient in recovery or rehabilitation, someone with sensory disabilities, or a stroke victim? Again, if any of these sound like you, consider pet therapy. There's also many other people that can benefit from pet therapy besides those options. Just don't forget to choose the right pet for you, and make sure you aren't allergic to your furry or not so furry friend. Dogs and cats aren't the only therapy pets that people use. Horses, fish, guinea pig, and other animals that meet screening criteria can also be used. On next week's episode, I'll be answering the other questions you might have about service animals and emotional support animals and how they differ from pet therapy. Thank you for listening to this week's Producers Pet Project with your producer, Danny Romaneski. I hope you enjoy the rest of this week's encore presentation of Your Pet Matters.
2: That was today's segment of Producers Pet Project. Your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time. And for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Only on 1077 The Bronx.
1: We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe, only on 107.7 The Bronx. Welcome back.
0: You're listening to Your Pet Matters right here on 107.7 the FM dial, 1077 TheBronc.com. and we've been dedicating the show to COVID um i want to want to end the show with just a personal experience i have in my business um and it pertains to just what i was faced with prior to covid and during covid um it's interesting so so many of my clients didn't know (laughs) and you listening didn't know. So prior to COVID, so shortly after the Christmas holidays, um, I had two key team members um, call out for medical leave. Um, It is, what, springtime and one is still out on medical leave. The other returned for a short stint um, to work less than four hours per day, less than 20 hours, 25 hours a week um, on a fixed schedule, fixed work, um, protocol. Um, Both, both these were skilled technicians. And when I say skilled is the high skill you can obtain as a technician is to monitor anesthesia. So you can imagine that half my technician, half my workforce, my key technicians were out. Um, and the one that did return wasn't allowed to lift anything over five pounds. So in the technician world, you have to, even restraining a cat or lifting a cat—cats weigh more than five pounds for, on average. An average females ten pounds, average males twelve pounds. So, so basically, not being able to function in the duties that they they were designed to to work for me. Um, and then now, due to exposure to COVID, on her husband's part, potential exposure to COVID, she is now out. Um, so, it it's just it was just a whirlwind of a situation. We had to cut down on our number of doctors present per day um the the revenue lost was was incalculable um and the drain on the human condition having other team members work more than they should have um, is just incredibly draining Um, and to top it off i had a team member who started to go out on maternity leave and so I'm gonna dedicate the segment to the team member that actually came back from maternity leave who's been w- with me forever. Um, her name's Emily. She has done a great job of actually having my back, but but I wanted to create the scenario for you, the listening audience, just to understand that um, picture yourself just having a child and your goal was to come back on a part-time basis and help out, but you're thrown into full-time plus overtime because of the situation that the business had. And so this particular Um, situation that happened personally to my business really reflected in me as to the qualities of what makes a great employee. Um, Number one was the selflessness that employees have in the sense that a great employee comes into a crisis, and we're still calling this the crisis, which is interesting, um, and doesn't say well, well, you know, well, I can't I need this, I need this, this is what I need to do. The question they ask is how can I help? And so there's a quote of uh, Fred Rogers when he said that he was scared. His mom said, always look for the helpers. You will see the helpers. So I think a helper is a huge quality for a team member and something to look out for. Um, Emily, although trained in anesthetic monitoring and trained in doing dentals, was not comfortable doing them thrown into them. So getting out of your comfort zone, what makes anyone grow anyone grow is the best things happen when you're out of your comfort zone and so for any of you aspiring people out there who want to improve yourself just get out of your comfort zone but but having to be thrown into that is incredible um and the other thing she's not comfortable with is teaching well we have new team members coming on board right so it's like i had to get relief technicians on board and kudos to them thank you so much those relief technicians who come in you know who you are Um, But Emily had to train them in our protocols. And then we have new employees. So Emily's training them in our protocols as well. So things out of her comfort zone, she's willing to do and has done, which is unreal. And what's interesting is that there's a great quote from Brene Brown, who's a motivational speaker and um, business management consultant. And she says, sometimes the most bravest and most important thing you can do is just show up. And so I think that the, the great employees just show up. They appear, they are there, whether they're comfortable with it or not, they just show up. And so I think that's something you should look for in an employee. And the other thing is not necessarily a trait in an employee. It's something that I would say that it's more, how do you know who has your back? and i'm going to take that from a life perspective to a business management perspective you want people who have your back who you know you can count on um when literally the s hits the fan and it's funny because those people are in there they're you know the amount of stuff we have to do um and to some extent are still doing now this is four months in um is amazing and so um it's interesting that we do what these calls these shift reports and we put them out and It's funny how um, we actually had to modify who gets these shift reports because the people who are not involved in the situation are giving these commentary on it. And so so my answer to that is this quote, again, from Brene Brown. If you're not in the arena, if you're not in the arena, also getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. Is that It's the people who are there. So the people who are with me right now, the admins, the CSR, the technicians, those people are in the arena getting their ass kicked with me, with COVID now, those are the people that, when they're gonna give me feedback or they're gonna say, hey, listen, you know, we need to do this or I think we should do this, those are the people that I'm gonna listen to. If you're not in there and you're giving this commentary from the outside, you don't understand, you have no clue, you know, you, you don't know what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes. Um, and you don't know what it's like to to live the experiences that we are currently living in in this um in this chapter of the world, and so it's it's important that I get the feedback from the people that are there, and so I think it's that and the, ironically the people that are there are the ones that have your back, so when they have your back they ask how can I help, um, they're in there with you and they're they're just showing up and helping you and doing what needs to be done. It's funny. We all we always talk in the management world, the needs of the business versus the needs of the individual versus the needs of the um, team. Those are those are things we always have to balance. And then when your crisis hits, whether it's COVID, whether it's um, you know loss of employees, those are things where you have to say, what are the needs of the business? In the COVID times, is what are the needs of the business, which includes what, what how can we best give medical care to our patients without putting our clients and our team at risk so you're looking at the best needs of the business um, and we need to stay alive in order to do this we need to stay alive as a business we need to continue to function as a business or there will be no team to help look at the needs for um so it's, it's interesting how, how these things are. But but that that's the experience that I had. And it really put into perspective what are great traits of an employee and and how do they exhibit things like that? And I'm sure every business out there has an Emily. Um, and, and I didn't want this to to overshadow the benefits of those team members that are currently with me and the relief tax, et cetera, that are helping with the business as we stand near COVID. But It really put in perspective to me this experience that I had of what makes a great team player. And so with that, we're going to end the COVID show. I hope everyone is washing their hands, wear your masks. Um, If you are COVID positive, take my advice about limiting your exposure to your pets. If you whether you're COVID positive or not and your dogs are outside, you want to practice social distancing. Um, Those dogs with anxiety apparently practice great social distancing. Um, And I also want to end this with putting a shout out to all the small business owners that I know that are struggling at this point in time. Um, Get takeout. (laughs) Help them. Do your virtual um, lessons. Do your virtual care. Um, I keep on thinking about Heavenly Hounds um, dog training, Stephanie Kaluski. Get your virtual lessons in. She's phenomenal. Whether she's physically beside you or on a screen in front of you, she can help you. And most importantly of all, after you take care of your personal health, love your pets like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day.
1: That was Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. You can tune in right here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Or to hear more right now, you can go to 1077 your slash yourpetmatters, where you can download past episodes as podcasts on your favorite platform like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's progressiveveterinarycare.com. We'll see you next time, only on 1077 The Bronx.